Hello, welcome to the World Cafe Podcast. This podcast has been designed with curated content that centers on the power of words. Can we really do anything without speaking? Can we really do anything without the agency of words? Yes, that is what this podcast is all about. And I am your host, Amakri Isoboye, your neighborhood word trader. I believe in the power of words, for it is the unit of creation. I trade in words to profit my world. Oh, hello there. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good everything, wherever you are joining in in this conversation. Yes, this is the World Cafe live show, and I'm your host, Amakri Isoboye. How are you doing at your end? Oh, on the globe today. Wonderful. Yes, we're back again. You know, each time I come into this atmosphere to share with you is so exciting because it's like you know i know you're there listening and we i mean we're going to at the end of the day have something fantastic to take away from the show i have an something juicy that we want to talk about today yes the world of hr human resources management and i'm glad to have this wonderful personality with me yes you want to see him yeah i'm going to say one or two things about him then i'll bring him in his name is Lars schmidt yes that's the name the name and face behind that book you've been you know hearing about redefining hr he's an hro enthusiast expert don't worry he will introduce himself when he comes on. We have a lot to talk about. Now, I know you want to see him. Let me bring him. Yeah, there you are, Lars. How are you doing? Yeah, Mark, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for uh, having me on. I'm looking forward to this. Wonderful. Welcome. Welcome on the show. So for, for the benefit of my audience, where are you joining? I mean, joining in from now? Yes, I'm based uh, in uh, Northern Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C., in the United States. All right. What's the weather like today? Uh, cold, but uh, sunny and clear. You know, nice, uh, cool, cool, crisp uh, winter day. Awesome. Awesome. All right, then. Like I said, I always say this on the show when I have my guests. Nobody knows you like you do. So in as much as I want to do the introductions and what have you, I allow my guests to introduce themselves. So who is Lars Smith? Let's get to meet you. Who is Lars Smith? Uh, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a writer. I'm a podcaster. Uh, really, and kind of at my core... Uh, I'm an advocate for modern HR and people practices. So um, I run a business called Amplify that does HR executive search and has an accelerator program to kind of connect and develop the next generation of chief people officers. Uh, and it has a media component as well. So I host a podcast called Redefining HR, wrote a book also called Redefining HR. Um, I have a column for Fast Company where I cover kind of modern and future of work practices. So um yeah, very, uh, you know, diversified, uh, you know, professional world, but I have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, so why, in all of this, you know, everything you have said, so much in one basket, so to say, why is HR striking that chord for you? Yeah, I mean, I think that HR is such a unique field and discipline because um, our ability to impact people um, at scale 
is very real. Like if we're doing our roles well, we're creating great programs um, for organizations, the ability for us to have an impact on every single employee of that company um, is very tangible. And so, you know, to me, I think it's a very, um, when done right, it's a very noble pursuit um, that can have a lot of impact. And I know for me personally, you know, I came up from the practitioner side before I started my own company. Um, I ran global recruiting and talent teams at um, Ticketmaster and NPR and a few other companies. And so I used to be in-house and that um, that feeling of satisfaction when you're when you're able to kind of make a positive impact on an employee's life, uh, whether through recruiting or HR programs, uh, was something that I was, was very real to me. Beautiful. So how long have you been doing this? How For how long now? Yeah, so probably about 22 years now. You know, I graduated from college. Yeah, it's been a while. Graduated from uh, college in uh, 98, started my career then. Wonderful. Now, uh, 2020 brought a whole new, what I say, ball game to how we work and how we see work, how we perceive work and all that. So what was it for you? Because I know you wrote your book sometime, I think, in 2021, if I'm not mistaken, Redefining HR. So what was it like for you? Yeah, I mean, I I wrote most of it in 2020, and it was published in uh, January of 2021. And it was was interesting because, uh, you know, when I, I signed the book deal to write, reading, finding HR, I had an idea of the book that I wanted to write, um, you know, but the backdrop to that book was pre-pandemic. Um, and so then COVID hits and and mm-hmm. it's not just COVID. It was COVID. It was the digitization of work. It was the prevalence of remote work. It was having, you know, different conversations around racial justice and equity uh, in society mm-hmm. and in our workforces. And so all of those things were happening in 2020. And, um, you know, in some ways, the the timing of the book overlapped on those things was kind of fortunate because I could write the book in that context, in that changing context of the new world of work as it relates to all of those things. And so when the book came out in January 21, um, I think one of the reasons it it did so well is it was one of the first books written uh, about HR factoring in times of COVID and beyond. And so... Um, yeah, it was interesting. And interestingly enough, it didn't it didn't substantively change the structure of the book, um, but it allowed me to bring in elements of yeah. this kind of new reality into each chapter of the book. Wonderful. You know, before but before uh, last year, you know, when I contacted you for us to like, ah, can we uh, do something in this direction and all that? So I got reading and researching about work a century ago what was it like what was work like and all that from the subsistence to slavery blah 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 and all that but the 2020 pandemic more or less like hit a reset button for us it's like we're going back to what work was like a century ago what do i mean as in going back home operating from home like what we call uh uh, what's that word now? Remote working, but now more or less we we, we are leveraging on technology. So when I saw your book and uh, went through it, the SAPs and all that, redefining HR, more or less. If you're redefining HR, then it means you're redefining the way we work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think one of the most exciting things, you know, as we said, I've been in, working in the space for over twenty years. Um, 
this is a once in a generation moment for the field yeah. of HR. We actually have an opportunity to not just rewrite how we practice HR, but rewrite work itself. And that's happening at a at a at a global level, yeah. at a societal level. And part of it is is how we work and that is, you know, remote work and hybrid and constructs. But part of it is also I think a lot of uh, of just humans because of going you know living through this once in a generation pandemic it's caused a lot of us to maybe question some of our priorities in life um and so i think we're making different yeah. decisions about work based on those you know kind of introspective moments um that we've faced and so so there there is that you know also happening this kind of great awakening of people realizing that you know life is short and maybe work isn't the most important thing in your world and prioritizing family in different ways and so all of these things are happening simultaneously it makes it so exciting given what is going on globally how do you see us embracing work going forward so the the question is um how do i see us embracing work moving forward you know i think that for you know there's a range of categories of workers and so i think first we have to admit that with all the conversation around um remote and hybrid work you know that's maybe 40% of employees in the workforce are are able to do those kinds of roles right the rest are roles that require you to be um physically in a place so we'll set aside those jobs for a minute and focus on that 40% uh of the global workforce for that percentage i think that at least for the time being and probably for the next couple of years hybrid is going to be the default work model most people very few of that 40% of the the global workforce will go into an office 5 days a week um you know very few will also go to the office 0 days a week the majority will probably go in a couple of days work from home a couple of days and i think most organizations and businesses are reorienting their operating systems around that hybrid structure you know with the assumption that employees um will spend a few days in the office and then work the other days from home and then the offices themselves are actually evolving where um there's a really interesting Wall Street Journal article uh last week um that kind of posited uh the role of an office in this new world of work is more of a clubhouse than an office it's a place where employees come together yeah. more of a, a collaboration zone connection zone it's it's where you can kind of meet in person to help build culture but the day to day work doesn't necessarily happen there it's more of a way to bring people together to make those you know uh in person connections and so um i i think that's what we're going to see more of um from offices and i i think that's probably going to be at least for the next several years what our future is going to look like all right now from from your explanation for what you're saying now uh, it's more prevalent in the west like in the us and europe iceland and what have you mm-hmm. for africa how do you see africa dropping in or should i say leapfrogging into this aspect because to a large degree a good number of us here in Africa Nigeria and what have you is like is still like trying to grapple with the reality how do you see that yeah look i think it's going to it's one of those things that is going to to phase out over time and it's not going to be globally universal um you know in approach and there's a lot of reasons for that so some may be technology some may be you know commuting capabilities um others might be the types of roles in different regions that might lend themselves to being able to work from home or not um and so i think that you know while there will be commonalities in regions and there'll be commonalities in in you know 
regions of you know Nigeria, I think will mirror what we're seeing in Europe and the U.S. Uh, and other regions may not. And so I think it's going to really depend on uh, a variety of kind of factors of what the working environment looks like in that location. And that that statement is probably geographically agnostic, right? If it's a if it's a metropolitan area that has a lot of quote unquote office workers. That could be anywhere in the world, and I think these these new norms will still apply to that. So uh, I use Nigeria because that's where I am. Mm-hmm. We have this fundamental challenge with our our internet services, but I know in the West, pretty you have uh, the internet services they're pretty uh, much uh, I say stable. Now, just thinking out of the box, because most businesses interface via the internet, via technology that is available. I mean, do you see this, what I call it, support system coming from the West to like help put up that internet structure or technology so that the flow that we expect will be seamless? Do do, do you see that happening in the light of... I do. And you have companies like... Um, you know, SpaceX and others who are kind of deploying satellites in different parts of the world to try to increase their bandwidth. Because as you mentioned, in this kind of information economy that we're in, um, internet, stable internet, reliable internet, fast internet is essential for, for you know, if we, if we have a work from anywhere, um, you know, kind of globalization trend that we're seeing more of, you know, for that to work, you have to be able to have steady, reliable, fast access to the internet. And so I think it's interesting. You're starting to see some cities um, really invest in their internet infrastructure with the hope of luring more talent into their markets. And, uh, you know, I was reading an article earlier this summer about um, a small town in Italy. The name of it is escaping me right now, but it was, uh, you know, small town after, in, like, like a lot of cities in Italy, they had some real challenges where all of the young people were moving out of that village and going into the cities. And so you had this this village that was aging. The population was very old, beautiful village, you know, picturesque in the mountains, um, but there was no young people. And so they they brought in uh, their their mayor basically said, you know, we need to make investments on internet bandwidth and we need to make sure that we have exceptional internet speed. And if we do that, we can draw young people back into the city. And they did, and it had a very positive impact on uh, you know, reverse migration. So people that were leaving the city were not coming back, but also people, especially, you know, digital nomads and people who, you know, in this new world of work could do their job from anywhere, they were also being attracted um, to, to relocate there um, because it had the reliable infrastructure and bandwidth. But that is key, and I think that, that is something that um, the West will have to be actively involved in kind of helping in areas where maybe it's not as strong to level mm-hmm. the playing field. Because that, you know, in this new internet era, that yeah. is really the um, the access ramp, right? To be able to to contribute uh, on a global basis. All right. One, one, one major issue of, I mean, reading uh, essays, papers, this period that I have come to notice with the style of work that is taking shape and all that is mental health. A lot of, we have a lot of mental health issues, you know, popping up here and there. How, how do you think HR can address this? 
you know, from a policy standpoint in helping uh, employees, workers, and all that. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing we have to do is take it out of the shadows, take those conversations out of the shadows. And that's something that is happening now. I think, um, you know, obviously uh, a global pandemic has had an adverse impact on everybody on some level or another and everybody's mental health on some level or another. And so um, I think you're starting to see more HR departments look at mental health support and benefits as a uh, as a staple of health benefits that are offered to employees. So there's new vendors like Spring Health and Modern Health that you see a lot of in, in you know the kind of Bay Area technology companies that are um, that have you know counselors and different support um, set up, um, offering things like mental health days, where you know depending on your vacation programs and policies, you know sometimes it's hard to get a day off, and sometimes you need a, a mental health day where you just the stress of whatever it is you're dealing with, the emotional um, you know uh, strain of whatever you're dealing with. It is too much to be able to focus on a role. And so you just need a day to just not think about work or, or kind of remove yourself from that environment that's causing that stress. And so I think that that is something that is firmly a part of the HR conversation in modern organizations now and will only continue to be. And I think from a practitioner standpoint, and I would broaden this to just say business leaders in general, not just HR leaders, role modeling that behavior as well is really important because it's one thing to talk about valuing mental health, and it's one thing to talk about saying that this is, uh, you know, that this is really important, and we we want to take care of you. But if no employees see their leaders taking advantage of that, you know, it might not feel real to them. You know, they might say, yeah, "Of course, you're saying this, but like, am I going to be punished if I take a mental health day? Are you going to think about differently about my my commitment?" And so, I think it's also really important for leaders to role model that behavior as leaders so that their employees know that it's okay for them to take a mental health day. It's okay for them to reach out for support if they need it. So I think that that element is really important. Now, now you know, when you, when you mentioned taking the conversation out of the shadows, you know, what came to my mind, you know, was this some parts of, you know, cultural, uh, what I say, belief system we don't talk about things like this in public and all that. When you do, there's this stigma that comes upon you and all. But I was listening to uh, Princess Diana's uh, uh, interview some, some, I think that was in December before Christmas, before the holidays. And uh, when she gave that interview that broke the camel's back, so to say, and people started talking about mental health, like embracing it and talking about it. So I think it's really key we take that, like you said, the conversation out of the shadows, talk about it. These are real issues affecting people. But now to this question, the great resignation. I know you are in the US. It's been, I saw something on, I think uh, that was on Wall, I mean, Wall Street Journal or so, I, and other write-ups how do we tackle this issue of the great resignation because it's just hitting us everywhere yeah i mean like it's interesting i think uh there's a lot of um you know euphemisms for what's happening the great resignation the great realignment the great reprioritization the great rebalancing yeah. right i mean it's like there's a, there's lots of brands around what's happening exactly and it's a lot of things right i think uh you know we have to we have to, you know, first recognize that like 
employees uh, and not just employees, humans uh, have been through a lot over the last two years. And it's caused a lot of them to rethink their priorities, to rethink what's yeah. important to them. Um, and if you're in a role that's not, you know, meeting what your criteria are now, especially in a job market like this that is booming, um, you're not going to stay in it and you don't have to stay in it. And so, um, you know, there, there's a lot of privilege in that statement, of course. Not everybody is in a position where they can leave a job. So absolutely, let's let's recognize that. But I think for these kind of, again, people in these knowledge worker roles, in these in-demand positions, um, they have the ability to, to do that work in, in many different companies in many different regions. And so part of this is, you know, companies um, maybe undervaluing or underpaying or whatever it might be their employees. And that's why them to leave. Some of it may be employees just want to do something different. They just had yeah. this kind of life-changing event and, and they, their priorities have changed. Um, so I, I think that there is, you know, there are companies that are experiencing this turnover. Obviously that's hard to do and it's hard to go through and it impacts the business pretty substantially. Um, but I think that even companies with fantastic cultures and Mm -hmm. fantastic managers and fantastic compensation programs, they're feeling this too, right? This isn't, this isn't just companies that are maybe on that you wouldn't, these are companies that you would expect are, are, you know, talent magnets and uh, really be holding talent. So I think this is just this kind of rebalancing that we're going through and companies that are, um, you know, for example, companies that are being very rigid about return to workplace and they're trying to force their employees back into an office five days a week after they've proven for two years they don't need to do that. They can, you know, those companies are going to struggle because, again, some employees desperately want to go back to office, but many more don't, you know, or certainly not five days a week. So companies that are really rigid about that, um, I think they're going to be, you know, bearing the brunt of the, the great resignation the most. Well, guys, we've been discussing with Lars Schmidt, you know, for the past uh, 20 minutes. You know, the voice and face behind Amplify and he, I mean, redefining HR. We've been talking about uh, the changes upon, I mean, HR practice, work, and all that. And Lars has been giving us, I would say, awesome information, awesome information. Uh, Lars, before I let you go, because I know you're a very busy man, what's your plan for 2022? What are you up to? What are you up to? Um, yeah, I'm up to, uh, you know, I'm still continuing to build and scale the accelerator platform in Amplify. So that is a, a new platform, again, aimed at kind of developing and connecting and supporting global uh, HR leaders. And so there's a cohort program in there. There's a community. There's a job board. There's an open source lab. Lots of different um, facets to it. But uh, I'm excited to continue growing that and uh, and really doing what I can to kind of shine a light on innovative practices and progressive practices that are happening in HR and kind of leaders who are really, again, seizing this moment that we have to um, redefine work itself. So um, it's an exciting time and I feel very fortunate to be able to be on the front lines of this, um, you know, both participating in it, but also documenting it from an editorial standpoint. Wonderful. So what was that last word you have for my audience with respect to the would I say future of work based on HR practices? Yeah, um, the future of work is um, is exciting. The future of work is dynamic, um, and that's probably the dynamic is probably the word I'm going to use there. If you give me one word, primarily because I think the world of work had been pretty static 
mm-hmm. for quite some time. You know, the yeah. way that we did things two years ago wasn't that different than the way we did things 30 years ago. True. That's changing rapidly now. And so this, this new period is very dynamic and I'm excited for it. I think a lot of good is going to come from it. Awesome. Yes, guys, a lot of good will come from it. We are in that era of dynamism. Things are just like unfolding, you know, when I say faster than the speed of light now, you know, yes, we have been discursing with Lash Meet. He has given so much. So how can the audience connect with you now? Yeah, so uh, my website is uh, AmplifyTalent.com and that has all the information about my podcast, book, um, accelerator platform and everything else. And you can also find me on Twitter at, at Lars uh, and of course LinkedIn. Yeah, that's that's the that's the place to always catch him. The best place for me to see his work is on LinkedIn. Yes. Thank you so much, guys. Oh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time. But you know, time is not always our friend when it comes to things like this. But I know when we call on Lash again to like have this discussion, should I say on redefining HRO 2.0 or 3.0 or 4.0, he would respond. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being there. You know how we do it on the show. We always come in to lean on one another to experience ourselves and find ourselves and walk out of those dark situations. Till I come your way again, I am your host, Amakri Isoe. Bye for now. Take care, Amakri. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Before we sign off, I just want to encourage you. Yeah, it's been a wonderful time. And also, I'd like to hear from you your feedback. You know, you've been listening to the World Cafe podcast. I would love to hear from you the feedback. If you have any questions, yeah, you go ahead and ask those questions. You can reach me at my email address, amacrigaribaldi at gmail.com. Amacri is A-M-A-C-H-R-E-E. G-A-R-I-B-A-L-D-I at gmail.com Yeah. And uh, we'll get back. You know how we do it on the show. Thank you. Part for time it has been with you on the Word Cafe podcast today. Thank you for being there. You can catch me up on my social media handles. Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all at Amakri Isoboye. Also, you can get copies of my books, A Cocktail of Words, The Color of Words, and my HRO Notebook on Amazon and on Robin Heights Online Bookstores. You can also subscribe to my YouTube page at the same address. Yes, till we see you again. Bye for now.